How's it going, sir? It's going well. Listeners may not recognize the voice on the other end right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Uh, Unless they've been diving into your new podcast. Um, So yeah, I'm pleased to be joined by Matt Wensing. Matt is a friend of mine. Uh, We've met online over the past, I don't know, year or so. We met at MicroConf in person. It was fun to hang out. And let's see, I think you were the uh, founding CEO of StormPulse, and now you're the founder of SimSass and uh, co-host of the Out of Beta podcast. So welcome, Matt. Thank you so much. I have been listening to this podcast since at least last fall. I don't know when you guys officially started, but I became a huge fan shortly thereafter. So this is uh, this is a little surreal, and uh, it's it's great to be on here. So thanks again. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for uh, thanks for filling in. Ben's on uh, on vacation this week, squeezing in, I guess, the last bit of uh, of summer vacationing time. So I also wanted to say publicly that um, I feel like when I was going through kind of the the level wind down period, some of our conversations were some of the most helpful. I felt like you know you're kind of doing this thing out in public, and you know there's people watching, and I think you would reached out a couple times on Twitter and was like, Hey, I just random thought, have you thought about this? Or have you looked at it from this angle? And, uh, and we jumped on a call a couple times and I really appreciated that. And like, it's that kind of stuff that kind of makes doing this podcast worth it and just being in the community that we have. And so thank you for being a, such a good member of the community. <laughs> oh you're, yeah. You're very welcome. I was raking leaves in my yard, I think, as I listened to you and Ben talk about your adventures. And I'm like, I would stop every once in a while, kind of stare at the sky and be like, what would I do if I were Derek right now? And so those just kind of accumulate. And then uh, eventually reach a boiling point where you're like, I got to say something. I I never talked to this guy and I'm going to give a bunch of unsolicited advice, but uh, I enjoy getting to know you. And uh, I have to say too, since starting SimSass and then uh, joining TinySeed, the community has been very welcoming to me too. So, uh, and you're part of that. So it's weird how the virtual is bringing us together. So, yeah, yeah, I know. And so you just started about a month ago or so your new podcast out of beta, right? With, yeah. With Peter. I'm excited that more of these are cropping up because this is kind of one of my favorite ways to keep up with, with my friends online is listening to their podcast, which is kind of a, this feels like a weird, like modern like even an extension beyond social media where people don't necessarily talk as much because they just like watch each other's feeds. But I don't know. I feel like there's something healthier about consuming each other's podcasts in a way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Among the same audience that um, I don't know about you, but like I hate listening to voicemail, but for, but for some reason I'll listen to a 40 minute podcast. But I think you and Ben essentially issued a call for podcasts mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. people are <laughs> responding to subconsciously or, or consciously. And uh, I know I asked um, Peter Soom, my uh, co-host on Out of Beta, who's a Tiny Seed cohort founder, I said, you want to start a podcast? And part of the reason we kind of hit it off right away and realized maybe we should do one together is we both, I was like, well, what do you listen to? And it was like the same list of three. And we're like, okay, well, let's do something in that vein. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so far, so good. That's pretty cool. So have you been in, have you been enjoying it? Has it been weird, like getting in the groove of being public about stuff or how's that been? Y- yeah, it has. I tend to wear my heart on my sleeve and I also tend to share my thoughts publicly a lot anyway. All that to say, I tend to be a fairly transparent person, um, naturally. The thing about the podcast is I've had some false starts before with friends thinking we were going to do the the podcast thing. I think we found a groove. And if you notice, like the, 
part of knowing that it was going to be a good match was like we were picking the intro and outro music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were like browsing these sites at the same time, slacking back and forth, and we were both kind of drawn to this really like chill tune. And I was like, yeah, I think we're going to have a chill brand. Uh, going going is kind of the antidote to some of the uh stress that we experience as founders so we're tending to gel pretty well it's it's amazing how easy it is these days to get this stuff out there as long as you're willing to just talk on mic this podcast doesn't take a ton of preparation which is kind of nice and like i don't know blogging i've I've done that in stints throughout the years and i don't know something about that just feels like it just you got to put more time and energy and editing into it and it's, it's harder to just be raw so so it's good. I feel like it's a it's a great medium. Yeah, for sure. What have you been up to? Last time we talked, I think you were you were working through some technical things, getting back into into coding. And I've heard you talking on your podcast now lately about some technical mentorship stuff uh, that you've been seeking out. So how's how's that been going? I've definitely found momentum. You know, the engine was there. Uh, <laughs> it was just kind of parked for a very long time as I was like founding CEO of my last company and essentially got dragged into enterprise sales and marketing and really coded maybe once a year for the last five years. Um, so it was a very rusty engine, but I mean, I was a professional developer at a company. It was my full-time job right out of college. So that is my background, but it was really rusty. And I think I've finally gotten to the point where um, I have days like today, actually, where I look at what I did and kind of proud of it. It's like, okay, I, did, I didn't just manage to get the results in the screen that I was hoping for. I actually made the system better, you know, and that's that feels really good. And I think to the mentorship side, part of Tiny Seed is they are proactive about asking you what you need help with. And I feel like with SimSAS, it's, it's kind of unique to it because the market is early stage companies and startups. The marketing part, like I, of course, everybody needs more distribution. But I was like, you know what? I really need help with is the technical side. And I think once I admitted that, and it, it's hard to admit that in some sense because it makes you sound like, oh, you're you're not a developer. You don't really know what you're doing. You're not you're not technical, whatever that means. It's like, no, I am. But like, I want to get better. You know, I want to sharpen the saw. <laughs> and I think once I did that, our conversation really helped me go down the path of like, wow, in 60 minutes with Derek, I like made things less daunting. I've basically, since since we talked, I've gone down that path of saying, I don't need a full-time developer yet. Um, in fact, I don't really want one because I'm making so many key decisions in the architecture of like the data model more, not necessarily performance, but like what's related to what and like what are the primitives of the system? Like those things to me are very product oriented. So I like doing those myself. I started peeling away the onion on the idea of maybe these one hour concentrated bursts of mentorship where we just dive into a subject. Maybe that's all I need. And a friend of mine who we actually were high school friends, graduated, went to different colleges, uh, have stayed friends. We were in each other's weddings. So really close. He ended up becoming a CTO at a startup in the Valley that raised a bunch of money and did well. And so he moved on to another startup and he has all this experience and he surpassed me in terms of what the latest and greatest is in terms of dev practice and everything else. So I reached out to him and said, could you help me? And it was like, uh, probably an hour a week. <laughs> so I was like, okay, got to work with what I got. What can I do? And I've just been 
basically choosing a topic and I'm like, this week we're going to talk about the Django REST framework and you're going to force me to stare at the documentation and realize that there's no, <laughs> there's no shortcut around this or, you know, unit test, whatever it is. It's all the stuff that otherwise to switch into that context is just such a mental lift. Like you understand, like going from feature work on something really cool to like, oh, I need to create a staging environment. <laughs> it's like, sure, they're both technical, but like try getting excited about that or switching modes like in the middle of a day it's just it's just really hard so um, i feel like it's been going well because of that um, and i hope others can use that technique maybe it's something i'll have to blog about at some point it's so cool because i've i've heard you talk about this now i've heard um you know brian castle kind of talk about how he's kind of seeking out like um whether it's buying slices of time from people through different different sites and stuff that offer you know just development help or seeking out mentors and stuff like that. I feel like it's something that I haven't really, I haven't really done in small chunks, I guess. Like I've had obviously mentors over the years and people that, you know, I kind of get to know through the industry and stuff like that. But like seeking out just in time help is probably something that I feel like I could get better at, at like honing that skill. And it's, it's cool to see like people giving an example of, of different ways to kind of approach that. Yeah. I think it's basically the gym metaphor it's like or hiring a personal trainer it's like all the equipment's sitting there but like having that person show up either at your house or the gym at a certain time it just and they're ready to go (laughs) you know that that changes so i've actually extended that to someone on the marketing side and then also i had my first of probably four meetings with uh, rob walling today just to talk about pricing and packaging and that's like another area where i want to launch a self-service i want to go freemium Sure, I can get my head into that space if I stare at like my docs for an hour and try not to like browse Twitter, (laughs) but sitting down with Rob and having the headset on and saying like, let's talk about pricing. I probably made a week's worth of progress today in that hour and it feels good. So it's so easy to just find yourself spinning your wheels. I mean, it happens to me all the time and you're just kind of mentally thrashing on something or it's like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to approach my thinking on this or how to how to like sharpen it and in the programming realm, a lot of people do pair programming just to prevent that kind of thing from happening. You know, just having another person there keeps you sharp, I guess, keeps you on topic. And yeah, like a lot of times you can plow through a lot of work in a, in a short amount of time if you have that focus. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how it's been going. So have you been, been mostly focused on product then or switching over to marketing efforts or what, what is your recent, uh, recent kind of I have marketing right now on a just an organic cruise control, if you will, of you know the request access buttons there. It puts them in a convert kit. It sends them a survey, a Google form that says, "Hey, if you're really if you're really anxious, or if you're really motivated, fill this out." Um, I have almost I think I'll hit forty this week on those, which feels really good. Like people went through that many gates to say, I want access to this thing. Um, so that's kind of quietly running. I've had some really serendipitous Twitter interactions lately where somebody will say something very relevant to SimSass. And I've been able to, without <laughs> without hijacking the thread, just say something and not even link to SimSass, just say like, oh yeah, I think about it this way. And I think that's driven some more kind of boosted my um, just visibility. But uh, so that's where marketing's at. So I've really spent most of my time on sales in the afternoon, I'll have maybe two calls a week with a new prospect or somebody that's on that list and is um, very motivated. Uh, and then the rest of the time in product. So I like I get up at five o'clock in the morning, essentially start coding at 5.30. And now the kids are in school, I get disrupted a little bit, but basically code from 5.30 to 11 a.m. each day. 
And then like 11 a.m. Central, it's like the middle of the day for most people. For me, it's like, okay, I could probably do a demo, a sales call or something, and then call it a day. And that's, that's kind of the groove I've been in. Um, it's been going well. I think company progress-wise, I'm at that first 10, the quote-unquote Jason Cohen first 10 customers stage. I only have four, but I don't think that really matters. It's more about the principle of like, okay, this constellation represents a significant surface area area of customers. And like, if these four are happy, these personas, like there's a lot more where they came from. Those are the four. So I have two investors, two founders uh, using it and paying for it currently. I might add one or two more before October. I think the focus is really on getting the product fully ready and going live with the launching, which is, you know, what is launching? Right. What is launching? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think you will, do you think you will do a big launch? This has been kind of talked about, I feel like uh, in the circles lately, it's like, uh, do you stay, do you stay an invite only? Do you do the big splash launch? What are you, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I changed the call to action on the site to, you know, open a free account or get started for free. I got to pick one, uh, one of those get started for free, or if they're an investor, kind of open your free investor account and let the freemium begin. I think I just do that one day. I think I just push it live and send out a message and say, this is out there. The fanfare, if there is any, is going to be kind of non-salesy appearances that I'm going to be doing. So I'm speaking at Business of Software in, in uh, September, which I'm really looking forward to. I'm going to give a, a full-length talk on predictions and predicting growth. So SimSass will be a footnote or like mention at the end is like, this is the tool I've been working on to predict this stuff. Um, so obviously that should generate some interest. And then uh, I'm also, it's official. I bought plane tickets to Croatia. <laughs> so I'm going to MicroConf Europe in October. And I hope to uh, meet some of you listeners there. And I'll definitely be passing up business cards at both. And we'll just see how the freemium train gets going. I mean, I hope that snowball starts building. You're a member of the Tiny Seed cohort. I'm curious to hear from your inside perspective, like how how has that experience been? I mean, I I take it that you don't regret joining the cohort, but what have been the kind of the big big benefits of doing that? Big benefit specific to me, because it's easiest off the cuff is I'm a company of one. <laughs> um, and I know that phrase, thanks to your podcast, as in Paul Jarvis talk, I know that that uh, that's not, doesn't mean you have to be one a one person company, but I actually am. <laughs> and maybe sometimes to the uh, chagrin of those who are in Slack who are like, doesn't this guy work on stuff? Like I am constantly in there <laughs> sharing wins and we have a fail whale channel, which I think is brilliant. Um, that was a Brian Marble idea. And yes, sharing dumb things and and victories and then just conversations like that is essentially my virtual office space. And so that's no small benefit. And there's just a ton of other benefits in terms of the community. And like, I didn't get to go to the retreat, um, the Tiny Seed retreat this summer, Um, was able to make it due to family commitments, but uh, there will be one in Croatia around the time of microconf. And so can't wait to go hang out and just, you know, leaving my last business, I kind of lost those day-to-day friends in terms of the force interactions. So I think I'd be a lot lonelier if it weren't for that. I think the community is like to put one, you know, one flag down. It's the community is a huge part of it for me, especially. I mean, if I were a company, maybe three or four people and some of the tiny seed founders do have businesses that have team members. It's not just a bunch of, you know, one or two person teams might be less important. And I think those people are naturally a little less active because they're like, I got I got a company Slack <laughs> going that, I, that I'm that i active in, and this is ancillary, but for me, that's big. And I think, I think it's just the beginning. There's a lot of mentors as well, including yourself, that 
add to that. And it's great, like being able to talk to Rob for an hour today and having him proactively offer like, hey, if anybody needs to talk through stuff, like I'm available, here's my Calendly. <laughs> I needed that. Even even though I have some experience, I really, yeah, I, I can't do this totally alone. So that's, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, some people, you know, who are working solo, they do things like join a co-working space or something like that. And I feel like this is like, like virtual co-working space on steroids because you've got basically a bunch of people solving similarly hard challenges, dealing with the same stresses and, you know, can swap notes and war stories and successes and fails. And, and, uh, yeah, the dynamics that I see going on in, in the, the tiny seed slack is, is pretty cool. I think, um, yeah, it's pretty special. It, it is. It is. And kudos to Tracy Osborne for, um, facilitating all of that. That's a smart move by Robin Einer to have her on board, but just the constant daily facilitation of it. it, it it's great. So I, that's a huge part of it. I mean, the other aspects are, you know, look, it's, uh, this is more, even more personal to Matt, but it's like, look, somebody was willing to invest in a pre-revenue prototype <laughs> that I built that's special. And when somebody has that much faith in you, you probably take it. <laughs> so, so I don't regret that either. That's pretty cool. Yeah. How are you doing? I've been better actually. Like I'm on the upswing, but I, um, the last couple of weeks have been, have been pretty challenging for me. And I don't think I mentioned it on the last podcast, actually. I was just trying to like look through my notes from, from last week to see if I even mentioned it. But I think for me, my big challenge right now is, is managing stress, which is, I think, always something that founders always have to deal with, right? But particularly in my phase right now where I feel like, I feel like there's so many unknowns in my, in my journey and like, where am I devoting most of my time and, and, and am I on the right path? And is this going to work out? And coming off an experience like level, getting, feeling a little impatient. So I feeling like anything I do is taking, taking longer than I'd want or is not moving fast enough and not giving me enough validation that I'm, that I'm still moving in the right direction, you know? So I think all of those things kind of contributing to a lot of stress. And one of the things that, that I kind of suffer from from time to time is this type of headache called cluster headaches and it's different than a migraine and they come on seasonally and they can be triggered by stress. So it's been a couple of years since I've had them, but when I get them, they knock me down. Oh man. Yeah. That sounds horrible. Yeah. So that's, that's been, you know, the last couple of weeks, um, often like waking up in the middle of the night with like a, with like a, you know, very painful headache or in the morning. And, and it's that kind of thing that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy at a certain point, you know, because you start to get the headaches and you start to get stressed that that the headaches are there and they're cannibalizing productivity. And so this is something that I, if I were still raking leaves and listening, I would, I would, (laughs) I don't want to ask you. So I have the chance. It's like you went from, well, still level technologies, uh, according to the footer, (laughs) which I I thought was a great, for those that have been following, it was a nice little reward at the end, but, uh, (laughs) the page, but, um, but like from level to static kit, both have tasteful design and presentation, like thoughtfulness, it's all there. But like, I think there's a refinement, which was you have your, this is what I'm looking for in a business now in order for it to be the right business for me to start. And Static Kit checks those boxes in ways that level it couldn't. Do you still have a master plan that gets you excited and you're like, okay, this is just the first stone in the cathedral? Or do you almost feel sometimes a little like, not really sure if this bridge is headed somewhere? Mm-hmm. Like, does that cross your mind? I think there's a certain tipping point of confidence that I want to have that I'm I'm close on, but I feel like I'm still lacking a bit of information just because of the the approach I took with static kit where it's like I there's a market for sure 
and there's there's a need that I'm filling that that there you know there's evidence of other competitors doing this and there's there are a movement of people moving towards this particular type of technology to build websites and there are gaps and so like the the fundamentals there are sound but then there's there's all the the next tier questions that are like well how accessible is this market and how willing to pay are they and can I expand to the point where this becomes valuable enough where it becomes a compelling business and so you can't get 100% confidence on right away. You have to, and and the approach I've taken is is the quick MVP first. You know, so so build the kernel of the product and then basically ship it and start to start to put it in front of different audiences that would find it useful. And so, yeah, I mean, one one of the requirements that was in your uh, in your I want to call it manifesto, but it was the one about what, what kind of business I want is it needs to be an existing product category. Yeah. Do you feel like static kit, uh, not in its current incarnation necessarily, that might be like one-tenth of it or something, but in terms of validation, is there a clear, like this will grow up into a this species of thing and that's in a category and that alone kind of lets you go? Well, clearly people are willing to pay for that, like they would pay for the full-grown yeah. version of this, right? Yes. I mean, it's basically kind of the, I've heard of the term like jam stack, which is like the... I think Netlify coined it and it's like JavaScript APIs and markup, right? Oh, which is kind of a describes the way of building websites statically, right? And there's the whole the A side of that, which is just kind of the ecosystem of third party providers that fill in various gaps uh, that people need when they're using this type of technology stack. So you're you're statically compiling your website, but you need things like forms and search and analytics and file hosting and identity management and on and on and on, right? And so, yeah, I think I think it's like what I have to do is is trust the fact that you know there is an ecosystem there. There are opportunities to take. It's just a matter of of patiently working the process to to maneuver my way through and figure out where's you know where's the opportunity for someone like me to come in and and provide a better experience. You know, right, right. It's kind of in my mind, rough cut. It's like a bit of a fragmentation problem of you know, yes, there's this ecosystem there, but that doesn't mean that there's like a clear entry point for this thing that will exist to like have here's the first product in our lineup, here's the second, here's a third, and like clearly redistribute the same thing to those same people repeatedly. It's like, what if you're fighting, it's really more the land war in Asia problem of like, yeah, could I find a partner or something where I could inject all of these products and build a more interesting business without having to have six channels or something like that? That makes sense. Interesting. From the channel perspective, I'm curious, like, what are you, obviously you have the site, you have the site and you have your reputation. Like what else are you experimenting with? If I can ask to get this out there. I think the big thing is going to be looking for good partnerships with uh, particularly hosting companies that are kind of focusing on these areas. And that's kind of been my, my focus the last week or so has been building those connections and that things are off to a good start. You know, I've already starting to to have some really fruitful conversations to kind of learn about like learn from these these hosting providers like what do your customers need what are the gaps that they're trying to fill in that has been encouraging like the response has been has been very positive yeah in general like these these companies are very willing to to kind of help out which has been really nice you know i think it's it's like kind of rising tides like they building up the ecosystem is only to the benefit of their customers and will only make their platform 
you know, more valuable if they can if they can say like, well, you can bundle our hosting platform with this additional complimentary third party service to kind of make your whole end to end experience even better. Right. I think it's going to be a huge piece because people go people go to these platforms for hosting. But then, you know, sometimes you're left with like, well, shoot, I got to do this dynamic thing that this that static hosting doesn't provide out of the box. What Where do I turn? You know, what do you think your constraint is then that's this kind of causing the stress? Is it time? Is it um, is it actually validation of knowledge? Do, do you know? It's hard to pinpoint. It's probably more of my internal dialogue than anything else. Like it's more of a it's more of a just I think coming off of a rough experience and then and now trying to mentally reset. It's a lot of that kind of thing going on, you know, which which is tough. <laughs> it's related in time to, you know, static kit, but it's not actually super related to the business. It's not not tightly related to the business in terms of its its value, its its merit, its uh, promise to you. It's really more of a yeah, that's just doesn't that that just takes time, doesn't it? Like obviously processing, you can't just have idle time, but like I, that's what I found um, you know, going through those kinds of experiences, which is not great. Consol- <laughs> is that consolation? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, um, it certainly is. It's good to know that like <laughs> I'm not the only one, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, I, I mean, last two years of my story have basically been, and I wrote a blog post about leaving my own company and like what that transition was like but like i write the blog post after the fact and it's you know it's downright nostalgic <laughs> but you know it doesn't mean like going through it it was uh it was like sunsets and you know calm winds and everything it was it's, it's just mentally and emotionally hard and um you question like what you're good at and where you're going to go next and all that stuff and uh the year before that not to make this too personal but like my dad passed away and like i literally had like that and then 12 months later kind of a, maybe I should no longer be operational in my own business, kind of that, whatever you want to call it, that trough. (laughs) Um, I think it took me a good six to 12 months before, like, I feel like I'm back on top of the horse and riding it correctly (laughs) and everything. Like it's, I think it's just as much that performance wise as, uh, it's like knowledge, you know? Um, so yeah, you're not the only one. Yeah, I know. And it's like, (laughs) oh, I don't know. You can, it's easy to really get in your head too, and you're thinking really hard about evaluating markets, evaluating ideas, and merging all of that with your, kind of your ideal scenario. I mean, it is it is tricky. It can be frustrating sometimes to to hear the advice and internalize it and know that like you got to find a hungry market for something. But at the same time, I mean, that is by definition extremely elusive because. Markets are <laughs> always ripe to be served. And so it's like finding finding a hungry market, but then also finding the right slot, the right take you can you can have on a particular problem, you know, to really yeah. make inroads. Um Absolutely. And 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 the people that own those markets have you know, they tend to like close up all the holes. <laughs> and like whether you want to call moats or whatever it is, it's like, yeah, that's that's a weakness of ours, but if you focus on that, I mean not to rehash it, but that's kind of the notification fatigue FOMO thing of Slack. It's like, yeah, that's that's a sucky part of the product, but you can't build a business fixing that. Um, but I, it seems like what you're doing now is so clean. I think that's the word that comes to mind that um, hopefully that, that comes with clarity too. I know Peter Soom actually, um, for what it's worth, he's doing CICD for WordPress with Branch. 
and is talking to hosting companies. And I think it's it's been pretty productive um, for him as far as they seem very excited and willing to add value to their clients where sometimes you get to these middlemen and they're like not invented here syndrome and all kinds of stuff where they don't want to even give you that opportunity. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've been feeling, I've been um, definitely vibing with um, some of his commentary on that lately because yeah, I feel like a lot of these hosting companies in particular, the, the, you know, the modern ones, they're trying to basically build a platform, right? They want, they want people to be using it, using them as the base and then, take it that a lot of them are kind of looking at sort of the Heroku model of like, you know, have an add on ecosystem, have a, you know, make it as plug and play as possible for their ideally run one command in the terminal and you can instantly have like a running thing on the platform. And, um, yeah. And so that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm here in Austin. So I remember, uh, WP engine going through something like that metamorphosis where it was like, was it security, speed, and stability? Was like it's it's three S's or whatever. So just host your WordPress with us, and then after they raise their Series B, or by the time they raise their Series B, and the Internet Wayback Machine is really fun for this kind of thing. It's like the WordPress experiential platform or something. It's like I mean, it kind of has to be because they they've got to like 10x a, a business that's already huge. So yeah, may, maybe those are the win the trade wins you can kind of uh, sail on. I mean, that sounds plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So to to close the loop on the headaches thing, thankfully, about a week ago, went to the doctor. I've been to the doctor before for these. And generally, they tell me like, eh, we don't know much about how to treat headaches. Uh, take ibuprofen if that helps. Like, and thankfully, like the my new doctor was like, oh, we actually have this protocol. We can do the, these two different medications and you can taper off in this way. And this should hopefully hopefully be preventive to break the cluster. And then, you know, here's a medication you can take uh, if you get a headache acutely so it doesn't keep you up for eight hours. Oh, man. And uh, I 21st think century just, medicine. <laughs> yeah, great. right. right. <laughs> so I took, you know, went to the doctor, took the meds that first day and then haven't had one since. And I don't know. It honestly might be partly just the the placebo effect of like having a plan, <laughs> and I will I welcome it. You know oh, whatever it, it is, yeah, exactly. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so whether it's the drugs, whether it's just the having the plan, uh, just a doctor saying like, "Yep," she was like, "Don't mind me if I nerd out on this a little bit because these cluster headaches are actually kind of fun because they're kind of a puzzle, like figuring out how to properly treat them, and we'll iterate up on this if we have to." and you're I like, was like, welcome. I was like, you're welcome. That's not exactly the word I would use for these, but <laughs> yeah, a little too, a little too fascinated. I'm a nerd in a different way. So I understand what you're getting at. Like, yeah. You're geeking you know. out on my pain. I got it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, so, well, uh, I, I, yeah, that's, that's promising then. That's, that's good. I, I hope so. I mean, the nearest thing I have to that is my mother-in-law has terrible migraines and I know that she, she kind of has the lay down and don't look at the light solution. And I'm just like, ah. Oh. That's uh, that's bad. So I hope it hope it keeps working. Sh- whether it's sugar or uh, or, or or more potent, either way. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> May it continue to work. Yeah, yeah. So that has you know thankfully lifted and allowed me to uh, to kind of you know resume my my regularly scheduled work and my calls and all that kind of stuff uh, in the last week. And so so yeah, uh, now now feeling feeling pretty good like on the other side of that, which is uh, which is good. And hopefully that'll hopefully that'll continue. Good. Yeah. I hope so. Well, cool, man. We're we're about at time. Anything else you wanted to uh, 
to to plug or to to touch on? I don't think so. I again just yeah, appreciate you having me on, and um, you know, looking forward to continue listening to these. And uh, yeah, thanks for welcoming me to the community. Yeah, you bet. So everyone should check out if you enjoy this podcast, you should check out the Out of Beta podcast. Where can people keep up with you online? You on Twitter? You on Twitter? Yeah, very active on Twitter uh, at Matt Wensing. And um, you can also find uh, links to my Medium blog on our website, simsass.co. Very cool. Well, thanks for being here, Matt. Thanks again, Derek. So yeah. And show notes for this podcast can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. See you next time.